This episode of Sports Spectrum's Inside the Chapel podcast is presented by Compassion International. They are the most trusted child development ministry in the world, having served over 1.9 million children in sponsorships. You can check them out at Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. You can sponsor a child today, and this is bringing hope to a child in crisis, in poverty, and it's a gift that will last a lifetime. There are children on this page when you go, compassion.com slash sports spectrum, who've been waiting for a sponsorship from places like Peru, Bangladesh, Indonesia. They've been waiting for more than two years. It's $38 a month, tax deductible. Consider this. Consider sponsoring a child. Pray for this opportunity with you and your family, and you can make that difference in a child's life. Check out Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Inside the Chapel. We're so glad that you're here with us for another episode. My name is Reza Zadeh. I'm the team chaplain with the Denver Broncos. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Hey, this is Icky Soma, Chaplain of the Houston Rockets. Uh, Reza, I'm so pumped for today's episode. Introduce our speaker for us, please. Yeah, Icky, I'm, I'm thrilled for this one. Asif, uh, Asif Shaikh is a great friend of mine. Uh, used to be on staff with us with Athletes in Action. He is now FCA staff. Uh, lives in St. Petersburg, Florida. He's a graduate of Evangel University. And uh, we've got a pretty similar story. Uh, Asif is Lebanese. Uh, he too grew up Muslim, um, just like I did. Uh, but he came to know Jesus as well, and um, he's got a pretty incredible ministry. The work that he does with young athletes, uh, with leaders, he's a character coach, he's a mentor, he works with business leaders, and on top of all of that, he has been a chaplain for various U.S. Olympic teams, uh, teams around the world. He's worked with uh, World Cup uh, soccer players, and um, Asif is just a great influencer, so um, we're going to dive into one of his teachings he gave actually very recently. And uh, the way that he has to do his ministry right now is virtually. He's got athletes training all over the world. And so we're going to dive in. And we're going to join Asif as he teaches a group of Olympians and um, two and Olympians to be um, in this teaching. Then Icky and I will come back and we'll talk a little bit about Asif's talk. Buried in the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, the 20th and the 21st verses is one of the most inconceivable and inspirational passages in scripture. I think it's one that uh, if you're reading through the Bible in, uh, in a year plan or whatever kind of uh, way you're reading it, it's one of those scriptures in uh, the Old Testament, I think, that we kind of pass over. Let's check it out. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two of Moab's mightiest warriors. And another time he chased a lion down into a pit. Then despite the snow and slippery ground, he caught the lion and killed it. Another time, armed only with a club, he killed a great Egyptian warrior who was also with a spear. Benair wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. It's easy to read verses like this 
in the comfort of and confines of our home and our offices or wherever we're at, um, may we totally miss the monumental facts or acts of courage displayed by, by, by Benayam. Have you ever met anyone or heard of anyone chasing a lion? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If I saw a lion coming at me down my street, I don't think I would be chasing that lion. I think the instinct is to turn and run. Uh, You know, normal people, yeah, normal people run away from lions. They run as far and fast as they possibly can. But lion chasers, guys, are wired differently. For the vast majority of us, I think I think I, the only lions we've ever encountered were stuffed or caged. <laughs> uh, I think I remember the first time I ever saw a lion in the zoo. You know, I mean, it was just laying there and uh, kind of wished it would do something more than just lay there. The second time I saw a lion was when I was in South Africa and I was at a lion park. And I actually got to hold a baby lion uh, and pet it and kind of play with it. Uh, But uh, what a difference in experience. You know, it's crazy when I think of uh, what a lion can do. You know, lions can run up to 35 miles per hour and leap 30 feet in a single bound. You know, Benaya didn't even stand a chance, but that didn't keep him from giving chase. It says, then the, the, the lion makes a critical misstep. The ground gives way beneath his 500-pound frame, and he falls down a steep embank- embankment into a snow-laden pit. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had one of those moments where you do something crazy and ask yourself in retrospect, what was I thinking? This had to be one of those moments for Benaya. I believe it. Who in their right mind chases lions? But Benaya now has a moment to collect his thoughts, regain his sanity, and get a grip on reality. And the reality is this, normal people don't chase lions. You know, coming into 2020 for you guys, you, you guys as Olympians, you came into a year, especially if you're on the uh, uh, summer Olympic, if you're, a, if you're doing a summer sport, you came into 2020 with high hopes and, uh, and excitement for Tokyo. Uh, January was going great. Training uh, started for you guys who are in track and field. Uh, preparing for your small little meets that you're uh, having to uh, compete in to get the standard so that you can make it to the, uh, the Olympic trials and for your country. And, you know, <clears throat> next step would be heading to Tokyo. And so basically it's crazy, the timing of this, because it was literally – about two years ago, right around right now, uh, in February, that we got the news that, you know, there's this pandemic that's sweeping the world. And for some of you who live in Italy, 
that I work with, you guys know firsthand. Uh, Italy was one of the first countries that started losing people pretty quick. And so what happened during that time for you guys? Well, here you are, you're, you're training at your gym, you know, uh, you might have a track that you're training at outside of your gym, at, at a school, at a university, at a high school, um, at a rec center. So the next thing you hear is, hey, we're going we're gonna to close down for a couple hours of the, of the day. We're going to close for a couple of days. And what happens is you go from hours, days, to weeks. And the next thing you know, every place that you compete at, every place that you train at, your gym, your trainers, physical therapists, everything you can think of that is enabling you to get to the Olympics is shutting down. And now they're telling you, now I'm specifically talking to you guys who are in overseas. And, and I know because basically everything shut down to the point of where you were confined in your apartment. And the only way to go out was having permission to go out and go to the grocery store down the street and come right back home. And for some of you, that went on for a couple of months. So... If I'm going to title my, my talk today, I, I would title it this way. The greatest fear in your life today can also be your greatest triumph. The greatest fear in your life today could be your greatest triumph. What if the life you really want and the future God wants for you is hiding right now in your biggest problem, your worst failure, your greatest fear? That's a question that I want to uh, look at today. Benaiah, when he was with David's army, and the Bible doesn't really say where they were going, but it just says that basically I'm thinking of them going through the woods, going somewhere, you know, through like, like um, just maybe like 50 men going somewhere, walking through uh, in a line, uh, with their weaponry, whatever, you know, their spears. And suddenly this line comes upon them and a decision has to be made. You know, I truly believe that we're, we're one decision away from a total different life. I totally believe that. And that decision can be good or that decision can be bad. When I was at the Lion Park in South Africa and I was I was playing with this little baby cub lion. You know, I could manhandle that little lion because it was just a cub. He really had no strength. Then there was a, maybe what they call like a teenage lion was brought into our little cage area. Now with this one, he was a little bit bigger and the caretaker said, you know, as you're, as you're playing with this one, whatever you do when you get up, get up in front of him and then kind of step backwards. He said, do not turn your back on the lion because when you turn your back on the lion, 
their instinct is to attack. So right away when this caretaker says that to me, even though this this lion wasn't as a big as a mature lion, but he wasn't as you know he wasn't as small as the the cub. A fear kind of came into me in a way of like, man, okay, this is this is a little bit uh, scary. <laughs> um, everything was okay and it, it worked out, but I start to think about the idea of the pandemic starting in 2020. And you've been training for three years already to go to Tokyo Olympics. And basically the uncertainty now is, are we even going to have an Olympics? For a couple of months during the pandemic, early part of the pandemic, they were saying, yeah, we're going to have the Olympics. Tokyo was saying, we're going to do it. Everything's a go. But you as an athlete, you're thinking, what are you talking about? Man, I haven't been on a track in a month. I haven't seen my physical therapist in a month. I haven't been in the gym to lift a weight. Fear starts to come in. Fear starts to uh, harbor within our hearts. Anxiousness and uh, uncertainty starts to creep in. So as I talked to you guys during that time, that was a sweet time for me to be able to come to you guys and to be able to pray with you, to encourage you, um, to dig deeper into God's word. Because I think sometimes in our sport, let's be real and let's be honest here, our sport becomes our focal point. And I understand when you're sponsored by uh, uh, a, a label and that's your job and you have a job to do. I understand that. You know, it's no different than a person who's just got a regular career job that goes to work from nine to five. They have a job to do, so that's their focus. But they do come home after that, you know, and then they they have, you know, friends and family that they have to have responsibilities for. I think what happened with the pandemic with most of you, what I saw was it made you step back during your fear and uncertainty, it made you get into God's word and it made you really think about uh, what is more important than my sport. What is, what am I missing? I think it was a sweet time for God to speak to every single person in the world, whether you're an athlete or not. And so uh, when you got the news that the Olympics was going to be uh, postponed for one year. For many of you, if that was your last Olympic Games, uh, once again, uncertainty and fear. I can't believe it. I have to train for a whole nother year. My body already is at this breaking point. I'm really at this last point of where I can compete. I don't know if I can go further. And, you know, for one of you uh, Olympians that I specifically know who's won and been an Olympic champion in London and Rio, that was absolutely detrimental to you because there was an injury a year later 
that then put that for you that canceled out Tokyo in 2021 and in, and basically at that point the career was on hold and maybe ended so how do we deal with fear how do we deal with the lion when we see it so i i definitely know that with benaya going after the lion was definitely a choice but it was also a risk so the question also becomes today is what risks are you willing to take what place in your life what things in your life do you need to take a risk in as i talked to uh an olympian who's uh, going to beijing in uh who's there, you know, right now getting, you know, getting ready to compete in, in a, one of the sports. Um, she was telling me that basically, you know, when everything has shut down and we can't even get on a track, we can't even get on a hill to go skiing or use the bobsled. Um, it's almost like this has been everything we do every day for years it's like how do we compete and how do we you know function it really breaks it down guys to a point of where we're thinking to ourselves you know what's my purpose you know where do i go from here because there is so much uncertainty and i think with covid the big thing that i have seen is with athletes is the uncertainty of uh events being canceled within days of an event when you have trained for and uh, being told hey we're not going to do it and i think probably one of the greatest uh one of the greatest hardships that an athlete faces is competing on this high level in front of nobody. So it's hard enough that when you're in practice and you're competing against your peers and you're trying to uh, accomplish you know, this, this goal in practice of being ready for the big meet. And, but then you get to the big meet and there's nobody in the stands. I think a lot of athletes play for the applause of man. Hey, yeah, you're awesome. Hey, man, we want to we wanna congratulate you. Man, you came across the finish line first place. And there's a roar of the crowd that you want to hear. But what happens when you don't hear that roar? What happens when you don't hear the crowd? What happens when you don't see mom and dad? in the crowd? What happens when you don't see your coach in the stands? What happens when you come across the finish line and there is nothing but a, a, a lull, a, a shh? But you've just set a world record. You've just won a gold medal. How does your mind accept that? So there is so much for us to look at when we are looking at this scripture with Benaiah. Benaiah made a choice to chase a lion into a pit and kill it. 
He didn't run away from it. I'm sure there was initial shock. And I, I believe that there had to be some sort of fear, but he took a risk and said, I'm not going to run. I'm going to go after it. What fear is in your life today that you need to grab by the mane, like the mane, the lion's mane, how, that you need to grab it and you need to kill it. You need to spear it. You need to destroy it. The fear that overcomes us every single day of our life. For some of you, that fear might be this pandemic. It might be COVID. It might be because you've known someone who've, who's passed away from COVID. And so there's a fear of going to events or going to compete with people around you. So I, I'm here to tell you today that there, there are two scriptures that I, I want to share with you today that I believe are so important for you to um, stand firm on. Because no matter what happens, no, a pandemic, um, shutting down of facilities, Olympics or no Olympics, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It's a declaration, guys. He wants you to hear. It's almost like he's, he's yelling it from the rooftops. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Everything I read there is nothing against you and what your situation is, whether you are, are, are competing or not. God has a plan for you. And like I said, for some of you, it was really needing to look at your life. Maybe your sport became your God. Maybe your sport became everything to you. But the pandemic maybe helped you to step back and say, you know what? There are things that I need to really concentrate on. There are things that are important that I've kind of put to the side in my life. With Jeremiah 29, 11, when I believe that God is saying that I, had, I, know, your, I know the plan for your life, I, I, I want to prosper you on, I want to give you hope in the future. The second verse, I believe it's like a passing of the baton, is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Oh man, are you kidding me? Wait a minute, you're telling me you know the plans that you have, have for my life. Even though I haven't competed, I've been sitting in this room for three months. I'm just going to the grocery store every day. I'm doing 100, 150 sit-ups and 150 push-ups a day. I'm stretching all day. I've got a couple of dumbbells in my room. Uh, and that's all I can do. But you're telling me you have a plan for me. But on top of that, you're saying that you're going to do immeasurably more than I can dream or imagine. Well, I just wanted to get to the Olympics. I have the standard to be at the Olympics. I'm supposed to compete in the Olympics, but now it's not happening. Now I've had to wait a year and now I got injured. And now I might not go again. Oh, but your word says that you have a plan for me. And your word says that you uh, will do immeasurably more than I can dream or imagine. So I wanna challenge you today the greatest fear in your life today can be your greatest triumph. Chase the lion. Wow, Reza, I hope you, uh, like me, were really 
encouraged by that teaching. And I love it because right now we're in the middle of the Winter Olympics. So here's a question that has nothing to do with the message today, but what is your favorite Winter Olympic sport you like watching? Man, I would say, um, over uh, I don't know, it was probably about 10 years ago, they brought snowboard cross uh, to the Winter Olympics. And uh, that's a blast. We're living here in Colorado, going up to the mountains, skiing, snowboarding. I can't even like jump on one of those little rails, let alone do everything that those those incredible athletes are doing. I like that. I got to say curling because that might be the only Winter Olympic sport that I'd have any chance competing in. Uh, how about you, Icky? What's your what's your what's your go to sport? Uh, for me, since both my wife and I are both former college sprinters, I would say bobsledding. If there was a sport that I could possibly do in the Winter Olympics, it'd be that pushing guy in the uh, Winter Olympics. And speaking of Speaking Jamaica of, is back this year. Yeah, I mean, here we about go. Full of sprinters and whatever. <laughs> what do you think about the Jamaican bobsled team? Oh man, I see. I got some young kids, and we actually introduced them to Cool Runnings. Um, it was only about a year ago, and man, it is. Uh, I forgot how funny that movie was. Um, makes me makes me miss John Candy. I mean, he was a genius uh, when it comes to comedy. But um, it was a fun movie, and uh, it is kind of fun. Once I told my kids that Jamaica's back. Um, they started singing the song and uh, they're ready to go. So Jamaica being in the being in the Olympics is pretty incredible. Well, you know, and listening to the teaching today, it reminded me of a book by Mark Batterson in a pit with a line on a snowy day. So he brought up this character, Benaya, and how he was a really courageous man. And then he tied that to a lot of the athletes he's speaking to who are training for either the Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics and having their plans dashed. Now they're afraid of you name it. They're afraid of. So. Mm-hmm. Reza, let's start on that topic about this topic of fear and courage. And so you as a chaplain, you as a uh, working with athletes and coaches, where have you seen like fear come about in some of the athletes and coaches you work with? And even just people you meet other believers at church. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that that I think fear grips us. I think fear is at the core of I don't know. I'm not I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor, but I work with people a lot. Man, I think fear is at the core of. Of a, of, I'd say the majority of our issues, whether it's control or anger, you know, fear is at, at the core of it. And um, I think one of the things that the, one of the biggest misconceptions is, you know, if we if we have fear, that means we don't have any faith. And I think for me, working with people and athletes, and I would love to hear from your perspective as you serve as a senior pastor and a team chaplain. Um, I think I think for me is you know when people they think when their identity is tied to what they do. And then what they do, they're not able to do or do it well, man, that's when fear jumps in. And this isn't just true for Olympic athletes or pro athletes. My 13-year-old daughter in her basketball game, if she doesn't perform as well as she expects herself to perform, man, there is like incredible fear. And I'm watching like that fear grip her and I'm curious, like where does all of, all of that come from? So I don't know. I think I think a lot of it comes from when our identity is solely tied to how we perform. And for me, it's reminding athletes that you play your sport. You don't perform your sport. Reminding, you know, my athletes, my players at, you know, with the Broncos, hey, you play football. You don't perform football. And my my kids, hey, you play, you know, club volleyball. You don't perform volleyball. But what about you? When do you see fear uh, gripping people like in, your, in your context specifically? Well, you know this. I mean, Reza, we watched the news today and the news is so filled with not just facts, but really fear-driven news where they say, be afraid of this, be afraid of this. And because we don't know the future, I think that's usually the, the case is because God is omnipresent and omniscient. He knows all. He's there tomorrow. He's also here today. 
uh, we can trust God, but we, we can't, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how we're going to do as we're skiing down the slopes or playing in the game. We don't know if we're going to get hurt. We don't know what's going to happen. And I think for a lot of people, that kind of fear can be crippling because the fear of the unknown or even the fear of what may happen. So yeah, I agree with you hundred percent that we have to really find our identity, not in what we do or perform, but in really something outside of us, which I think is God. Now he mentioned two verses uh, talking about God's plan. He said, the reason why we don't need to fear Reza was because of Jeremiah 29, 11. And you know, the Israelites are in uh, Babylonian captivity and the plan is they're going to return to God. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, that there's this plan that God had about bringing Jews and Gentiles to worship together. And so God has a plan for his collective people, but also individuals as well. How does that give you, uh, I don't know, a confidence or uh, assurance, even in the midst of trying and fearful circumstances? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think when you know, when, when you have this idea of how things are going to plan out, or you're like, you can trust the person who's orchestrating things, um, you know, you almost have this piece. It's kind of like, I remember this, like, yeah, I took a trip, I took a trip with Promise Keepers a few years ago. Um, went to Israel, actually, never been to Israel. And um, it was one of the only trips I've ever gone on, a ministry-based trip. I wasn't in charge of anything, but I trusted the people who were in charge. So when it was like, hey, get on this bus and go, I was like, okay, cool. We're going to get on this bus and go see something. I'm not exactly sure. They gave us a loose itinerary. Um, but there's almost like when you can trust the person who's in charge, it was like I could actually sit back and relax a little bit more on that bus ride. And I enjoyed the scenery more. Now I've been in I've been in roles where I've led trips and I'm in the front seat and I'm like thinking through everything. I'm not relaxed. I'm not sitting back. I'm not comfortable. I'm like always on. And when you're always on, man, I don't I don't see the beauty of nature. But when someone else was quote unquote in charge, I got to kick back, you know, put my recline my seat, turn on some music and and look at the countryside, you know. So I think there is a there's something about trusting the one who is who is in charge and i think that's what asif was getting to with these athletes um you know they their lives have been severely interrupted especially if you think about those those athletes get one shot at olympics and in 2019 they're working they're working they're working 2020 they're trying to go to olympic trials and then boom it's gone and they will never ever get a chance to go to the olympics again now we can look at that from our perspective and say well, it's okay, you know, just do something else with your life. But when your whole identity is wrapped into something, um, that's really hard to, that's really hard to come to grips with. For sure. And that's where I think um, we talked about this, is we know the plan that God has for us, not by saying, God, show me the plan, show me the plan, show me the plan, but by knowing God. And when we walk with God and know him through our faith in Jesus Christ, the gospel, it's the gospel that we come to know Jesus Christ and we know the Father. And now as we take steps of obedience and walk in faith, we can walk out and live out the plan of God. Matter of fact, I was telling you earlier, I mean, Acts 19 is a great picture of that. In Acts 19, we find that Paul is doing his usual plan where he'll go to a city in his missionary journeys and find the synagogue. And in the synagogue, since they believe that the Old Testament is God's word, they'll use the Old Testament, teach it to point them to Jesus Christ. But in mm -hmm. Ephesus, in Acts 19, this is what happens. He encounters opposition and people who resist him. So what happens? He says, hey, I've got a plan B now. I'm actually going to go to Tyrannus Hall, which is not a, a Jewish institution, most likely a secular school. And every day he holds for two years classes there where he teaches people the word of God. And what happens? It was God's plan all along because it says there at the very end in verse 10, 
and the gospel was proclaimed throughout all of Asia, which is Asia Minor, through all of Asia Minor, because again, initial resistance, his plan was synagogue, preach the gospel there. What happens? Resistance, persecution, he leaves, he goes to Tyrannus Hall, and in two years, they reach all of Asia Minor, and that was God's plan, and I think that's true of athletes and everyone who's listening to this podcast as well, that we may encounter uh, hard left turns and curveballs and things that surprise us and things that we plan and even experience fear, and yet to know that God has a plan for us. Yeah, that's good, buddy. That's really good. That's great. Yeah, when you think about you know, understanding and trusting that the, the ups and the downs are obstacles. And I think, you know, we've seen this as a society, we've seen this, like there are incredible obstacles. And yet at the same time, obstacles can become opportunities when we surrender them to Jesus, um, when we live surrendered and when we live with an open heart, trusting the one who is in quote unquote charge of the trip or in charge of our life. Yeah. For sure. And like you mentioned before, like when we trust that we're on the journey with God, we are going to have fear. You know, we're going to experience and what a great illustration or story of that. Uh, And just to wrap up, just like in Acts chapter 18, here's the Apostle Paul, who, you know, I think you and I would probably call the greatest Christian who ever lived. He's an evangelist. He's an apostle. He's sharing the gospel. And what happens in Acts 18 is going to Corinth. He's afraid because God appears to him in a vision and tells him, do not be afraid. So I don't know about you, that blows my mind to think that this superhero of the Christian faith is actually afraid of doing what God has called him to do. So I think it gives me reassurance that he's human, I'm human, but the same God that gives reassurance to him and to you and I is a God that reassures all of us. Hey, I just want to thank everyone. We want to thank everyone who've uh, tuned in, who downloaded episodes, who shared these uh, podcasts and shared with friends and neighbors and teammates and coaches. We're so grateful. We pray that you continue to do that, that you would kind of like and subscribe and share with your friends. Until the next episode of Inside the Chapel, we'll talk to you soon.